0: Well, oh, I'm all excited. I just got an email from the Terry Fox Foundation. You may remember, we were talking with Terry's brother, Daryl, on the show not long ago. And he was here to promote the fact that for the run, which is going to be happening in September, every year they come out with a t-shirt. And this year, Ryan Reynolds helped them to design the shirt. And so I thought, well, you know what? I mean, I'll, I'll get one. I, and, and they have a long sleeve version, and I'm a big long sleeve t-shirt guy. It's sort of my around the house stuff. Anyway, so many people piled on, and that's the magic of Orion Reynolds, that they were they ran out and they had to run a second run. And so, that's why I got an email a couple of weeks ago telling me, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're on it, but it's, you're going to have to wait. Anyway, I just was notified that uh, it's out on delivery, so I may see it as early as today or tomorrow. And speaking of Ryan Reynolds... I read the most fantastic profile in the New York Times quite recently about his involvement with the Wrexham Soccer Club. And it's just part of that Ryan Reynolds magic. I mean, this guy knows how to run a business, how to leverage his celebrity in order to make money, but also transform lives. And so... The story of Wrexham and the soccer club is astonishing. He and a partner went out and they said, we want to find a a sad sack town and a sad sack soccer franchise. And then we're going to buy it and we're going to turn it into something else. And so finally they came across Wrexham in Wales. And where a runaway successful soccer franchise would retail for $2.5 billion, Ryan Reynolds and his friend bought this club for $2.5 billion million. And then Ryan Reynolds bought a house in the town, moved in. They started paying higher salaries, attracting more players. They invested in the stadium and they also filmed the whole process for a documentary. So it's like a real life version of Ted Lasso. And as you may know, the Wrexham club, um, has recently graduated into the league that it was excluded from because it was a crap franchise. And so now the town is just vibrating and humming. People are going there. Tourists are making pilgrimages there. Uh, Everybody in town is fully on board with the club. And Ryan Reynolds is making money. It's 6.23, time for the morning brief. Preet Banerjee is here, personal finance commentator, founder of the website Money Gaps. Nice to have you, Preet. Happy Wednesday.
1: Happy Wednesday, sir.
0: Let me ask you, because I was just breaking these down on the air, uh, but the analysis is the Toronto real estate market has hit its bottom, which wasn't much of a bottom in the first place, and will probably start increasing over the coming months. I'm fully on board with that analysis, not just because I like real estate, but because I think (laughs) it's true. But you're the finance guy. What do you see?
1: Yeah, it seems to be a question of supply and that there just isn't enough supply of homes on the market for sale. And part of the reason for that is a lot of people believe if you're you know, a homeowner and potentially selling a property, you're thinking, well, I'll wait until the environment is better to sell. So there's fewer homes for sale on the market. And when you have fewer homes on the market and still a lot of people who want to buy homes, that tends to build in sort of a bottom for pricing. So. People who are on the fence are thinking, well, maybe there'll be an interest rate decrease in a year, 18 months, something like that. And when interest rates go down, people will be able to borrow more money, pushing up prices again, so they can wait. Because the rental market in the meantime has been so strong that they can sort of afford to wait and see. So it does seem that it's a supply story right now. And modest price increases from here in seems to be the consensus.
0: Uh, What do you make of this story of the Mississauga man who's now been charged, he's providing toxic chemicals to people who commit suicide. A lot of people are pointing out, well, you know, assisted death is legal in Canada. So what's the big deal if some guy provides people with the means of killing themselves?
1: Uh, Yeah, but there's a process for that in protocol, and it's not something to be taken lightly. So whereas last week, you know, we were chatting about, you know, is this just an entrepreneur who's selling something that is being used for unintended consequences? Or is this someone who is knowingly taking part in this movement and selling the substance for uses that Can cause harm. And I don't think police would have laid charges unless they found a reason to do so. And I noticed in the press release that there's an alert to people saying, you know, if you see any purchases from these business names be on the lookout. And one of those names is escape mode. And so the substance that he's selling, his argument is that, look, it's a meat preservative, but why would you name a company that sells meat preservatives escape mode? That sounds like it's more playing towards this online community of
0: trying to find ways to commit suicide and yeah, it's just not a good look. Yeah. And it just frankly, it kind of reminds me of Dr. Kavorkian, who some people think or, or believe was fighting the good fight for people being able to end their lives on their own terms. But I always thought there was some form of kink to Dr. Kevorkian that was more than off putting. You know, he painted pictures of deadly clowns and uh, he was he was just a weird ass.
1: Yeah, so things have come a long way in our thinking on this this issue, and, you know, when it comes to medically-assisted assu- um, uh, suicide, there are protocols in place. And so whatever this person is doing, allegedly, it looks like it is pretty off the books.
0: So we've learned that the federal civil servants have settled for a 12.6% raise over four years, and a lot of analysts are saying that's it. <laughs> This is going to be sort of the guideline for settlements, union or non-union.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people to be much more truculent in negotiating raises because it's not really a giant raise once you factor in inflation. We are in an affordability crisis. House prices have run away from the average household. Rents have gone up. Food banks are seeing the biggest lines we've ever seen in history. And at the same time, we see a lot of corporate profits increase. So, you know, if not this, then maybe workers should take a page out of retailers' playbooks of shrinkflation, get the same pay, but work 30 hours instead of 40.
0: I am, because maybe I missed this in the settlement, Preet, but I don't see anything about uh, work from home. And that was kind of one of the big fighting issues, but it doesn't seem that the feds yielded on that.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one because, you know, when you see record increases or record levels of corporate profits, and people have been working from home, what leg do you have to stand on to say, Well, you should come back to the office, uh, because that's even better. And we're seeing this, uh, not only in Canada, but in other countries around the world who are grappling with this. So I didn't see exactly what they decided on that part of the file. But it is interesting to see what companies and negotiators come up with on this because everyone's going to be
0: watching that. So in Montreal, they've decided that your parking ticket will depend on the size and weight of your car. Do you think that's a good idea?
1: Listen, I like it. And let me be clear, I'm a gearhead, love cars, went to an auto racing school to train to become a race car driver for a year back when I was young and dumber. But I've always thought, you know, if, if passenger cars were limited to 100 horsepower, you'd solve a lot of problems. You know, make them as as luxurious as you want, but 100 horsepower max, plain enough to get you to the speed limit, you save a ton on gas, manufacturers would compete on building smaller, lighter cars. I think that would actually do a lot for a city and, and, and livability. And when I, one of my first cars was a 1987 Honda CRX that I bought with like half a million kilometers on it, tiny, gutless and it was so much fun to drive around the city and easy to park so I think people respond to incentives and I think you know incentivizing people to have smaller cars makes more sense because when you look around and you see bigger and bigger cars with still one person in in there out of
0: five seats it just doesn't make sense although you're saying incentivizing people to buy smaller cars but maybe just don't get the parking ticket for Pete's sake. Well, there's that too, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Loneliness, the new silent killer. A new report is comparing loneliness to smoking, and I don't find that surprising, actually. There's been a real interesting dialogue, Preet, over the last few years about isolation, loneliness, and depression.
1: Oh, yeah, and I would say that North America is behind the curve. If you look around the world, United Kingdom, Japan, they have set up ministries of loneliness with significant funding. I think Japan committed something like $80 million equivalent Canadian towards tackling loneliness. Uh, the UK was, I think, around 50 to $70 million. And when you think about as an investment, it makes sense because loneliness um, has an impact not only on on workers, they are less productive, uh, they miss more days of work, but with an aging society and the increase in healthcare costs, tackling loneliness and the issues associated with that money that's being spent, there's a return on that investment. So we're kind of behind in North America what everyone else in the world has kind of already
0: figured out. Preet, wonderful to talk with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you, John. Preet Banerjee, if you like what Preet says, you might want to look him up. Money Gaps is his website. Uh, Coming up in the next half hour, how much fun is it going to be? I'm hooking up with a guy I went to elementary school with. And the reason is he's a Canadian in Florida who's trying to work the angles to land tickets to see the playoff series. Plus, it's White Coat Wednesday. Amongst other things, we'll talk with Dr. Mitch Shulman about what we were just talking about now, loneliness as a silent killer.